Presenting by Almost Sideways. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark side. You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I went. Shall we begin? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast. My name is Adam, and it's... I haven't done this in a while solo, so I'm get back into the swing of things. We're up in Washington currently, and it's Snowmageddon. Okay, well, not really that bad, but, you know, it is snowing outside. You know, we have the day off. We had celebrated Christmas yesterday, so had a good time with the family. So I figured, you know, might as well take a couple seconds and uh, record a podcast. Get on the mic, talk about what movies I've watched recently, especially this week. I was able to watch quite a few because of getting off early from work or coming in and celebrating with the holidays as well. A lot of movies that I still want to watch, considering that we have a top ten list coming out relatively soon. I think in the next month we're probably going to be doing that list. And also there's a bunch of Spirit Award-nominated movies I need to watch, Oscar-buzzed movies that I need to watch, uh, as well as countless other movies that appeared on Top 100s for Zach, Terry, and Todd, and just blind, clearly blind spot reviews too. So... A lot of homework for me to do, but I figured just start, start getting on the mic, talk about at least one older movie that I watched, a couple other new releases, uh, considering that they just came out Christmas weekend, and yeah, talk about them, get something out there for you guys to listen to. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you guys so much for listening to all the podcast episodes. We really do appreciate that. And if you like to give us a subscribe, follow here on the podcast for to stay up to date with all our movie conversation. That'd be awesome and greatly appreciate. I'm sure Terry, Zach, and Todd, and I will all thank you in our way by giving you guys more movie content. Anyway, let's move on to the very first movie review we got here. So the very first film I'm going to kick it off with, and that is the Amazon Prime streaming service. I think this had a limited run in theaters before it jumped to Amazon. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I read that. Anyway, it is the Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem film, Being the Ricardos. Action! Lucy, I'm home. Why is this coming out now? Lucille Ball's a threat to the American way of life? Does the FBI have any case against Lucy? I need you to help me save my marriage. How many times I gotta explain where I was and what I was doing? You gotta explain. Are you being funny right now? I'm Lucille Ball. When I'm being funny, you'll know. This is getting out of hand. Madness. Have you been cheating on me? The story's made up. If they boo me? If they boo you, we're done. We've been through worse than this. We have? No. <laughs> Being the Ricardos is directed by Aaron Sorkin and also stars J.K. Simmons and Nina Arianda Day. Arianda, sorry. Seal Ball is played by Nicole Kidman and um, uh, Desi Arnaz is played by Javier Bardem. And this is a film that I actually didn't really know a whole lot going into it. I, I knew it had Lucille Ball as... Uh, as Nicole Kidman and I believe Kate Blanchett actually passed on this role to go to Nightmare Alley. I think I mentioned that when Terry and Zach were mentioning and uh, reviewing that film. But anyway, I was kind of curious about it because I thought Nicole Kidman, just from the image alone, looked really like Lucille Ball. But I didn't really know any of the plot. I think I saw one trailer but really didn't know what it was going. I kind of saw it in passing. Uh, so 
sat down, and Aaron Sorkin for me has is one of those directors that he's direct. This is his third film that he's directed. He's previously done Molly's Game in The Trial of Chicago Seven. Originally, I was super high on The Trial of Chicago Seven, based off uh, would be one of my very first Netflix. Uh, media press like screeners that I was received one of the first not the first one I've received but uh, and he's also written a, some great films some of my favorites of all time like the social network I really love Moneyball I really uh, a few good men was another one that appeared in my top 100 and Steve Jobs and Molly's games was awesome as well uh, so being Ricardo's I kind of knew it had that sh- uh, Sorkin flair to it or was going to have it um, and what, what this film is about, if you didn't know before we get into what I really loved about it, a Luce, uh, this film follows Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage. So it's uh, you see a lot of back and forth between Lucille Ball and Desi. Their back and forth chemistry is kind of fascinating. It is told in a unique way where they actually have three characters that are in the future that are kind of telling the story and you see the, the stuff acted out in front of us. The things I really loved about this film is Nicole Kidman. I thought she did a really good job as Lucille Ball. Uh, she really captures the mannerisms of this legendary comedic star and really gets the physical comedy as well. Uh, she's just some of the, this is probably my favorite Nicole Kidman performance in a long time. I haven't seen like movies like Destroyer, which I really was interested in. But uh, she really captivated this character and really made it uh, pretty fascinating. Javier Bardem is pretty fine as uh, Desi. I think he did a really good job. I don't think he got the voice 100%, but it's Javier Bardem. We, we have to, we love him for being Javier Bardem. Uh, I thought he did a really good job. Uh, J.K. Simmons was playing J.K. Simmons. He wasn't doing anything crazy here. Uh, I, but it's J.K. Simmons. Again, I, I'm maybe not going to be so, give him such a pass. But yeah, he was just himself in this movie. Uh, and the other, the, the, the other supporting characters here are uh, pretty fine. Uh, another one that I really like is um, Leah. Uh, Shakat, because plays cousin maybe in uh, Rest of Development. I can never say her last name correctly, uh, but she plays Madeline Pugh here, uh, and I, she was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed her character in here. Uh, she plays a one of the showrunners, the writers here, and I thought there were some really good uh, moments that she brought in here. And Tony Hale shows up, another cousin, uh, cousin Buster from Rest of Development. We love that show. Uh, he was really good. He plays uh, Jesse Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, and he was one of like the main writers in the show. I thought he had actually some really cool moments and some uh, some really uh, cool things here. Oh, actually, one more positive. The last like thirty five minutes of the movie, I was like, it kind of raised my rating a little bit of it. So I was super on board. The last thirty minutes are actually probably my favorite parts of this whole entire movie. It takes a little bit to get going into it, and. Even though there's parts like, oh, this is okay. So it just feels like a kind of a movie that I was like, do we really need this? But then as it got going, I was like, oh, yeah, it's actually pretty entertaining and interesting enough to see these performances here. I think Sorkin is giving his best directorial effort in here, but not his best written uh, written um, film, if that makes sense. Definitely some of his really snappy direction. He knows what he wants to tell. He has a stylized version of this of this in his head, so he just depicts the uh, direction really well here. I thought Being Ricardo's was a very entertaining film that actually surprised me to the end of the movie and actually has some of the 
my favorite little moment. Probably my one of my, not my my favorite thir last thirty minutes of the film, but it is the th last thirty minutes definitely raised my rating up from a, a negative, maybe a negative like review to a very very positive. I'm giving this a three star film. Here, I thought this movie was pretty entertaining. I would be interested to going back if my wife decided, oh, this is a movie that I would like to watch. Then I'd be like, oh yeah, let's watch this again. I, I enjoyed myself enough to watch it. But you're really watching this for Nicole Kidman's performance here. I could see her sneaking into being like a best um, actress nomination at the Oscars. She currently did get the Golden Globe nomination. So I can definitely see that happening. And I wouldn't be surprised. I thought she was electric. Um, but a lot of people want to say it's just Nicole Kidman. But I thought there was a little bit more to her performance there too. So I'm giving this three stars. And this one is currently streaming on Amazon Prime for free. So go take this one out. It's not going to cost you anything. It's sitting about an, an hour 32, 132 minutes. So it's, it's a little over two hours long. Uh, sometimes it does feel it, but like the last 30 minutes is what you're really watching for. That, what, that's what really captivated me. Anyway, so let's move on to our next review, and that is a film that I actually had a rent on Amazon Prime. And that is Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Every story has a beginning. Discover the origin of evil. Why are you back here, Claire? Your conspiracies weren't true when we were kids. They're not true now. We need to expose Umbrella. Watch this. I'm afraid, Claire. I'm afraid of what they're gonna do to this town. You see, Umbrella, they have an incident. I'm talking Chernobyl, if you know what I mean. People are getting sick. You gotta help us, Claire. Let the world know what's really going on. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is directed by Johannes Roberts, and it came out a couple months ago, I think October time, right? And I wanted to go see this film in theaters. However, you know, I got busy with work, and I really haven't been to the theater as much as I want to this year. Uh, but kind of a cool thing, a reason why um, I, I had missed this film, so I was able to hear a, a lot of things about it offhand if I, uh, via Twitter or Facebook or movie connections, uh, other YouTuber people that I have connections with. I'm just really kind of bashing this film. I'm looking at some of my fellow people that I do know. Uh, I follow on Letterboxd here, and they have like a couple like one-star reviews here and a couple two-stars here. And so... I think this worked out in its favor for me because I was able to go in with no expectations. I really wanted to watch this regardless of what they, the other people said. And I saw the one trailer in theaters. I believe I can't remember exactly what movie. I think maybe it was Shang-Chi or something like that. Or maybe it was Halloween Kills. I, I, I can't remember exactly which one it was. But we saw a trailer for this film and I immediately was kind of hooked on and on board. I'm a big fan of the Resident Evil video games specifically. I'm not a big fan of the Mila Jonovich uh, films. I think uh, Resident Evil, I think Apocalypse or Extinction for that franchise are probably my favorite ones. And those are early early adaptions or early into that franchise. Like I think the second and third film. So I'm not a huge fan of the movie franchise of Resident Evil, but the video games, I'm all on board for. I've had played them, the OG versions on the Sony PlayStation. I even played Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube and was super into this world. And I have currently beaten and platinumed Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3 Remake on the PlayStation 4. And just super on board with all the different things they're doing with the Resident Evil franchise. I'm currently trying to beat Resident Evil 7. You get the idea. I'm, I am I'm a fan of the franchise. 
One thing I did know, one of the things I did hear as a positive was that they do play good homages to the video game franchise. So that's what I was really picking up on. And what I gotta say, this this film, if you're not a fan of the franchise, you may not like this one. That's perfectly fine. But for me, this was a fun time at the movies. I wasn't at the theater. I was in my living room on Christmas, and this was a gift that we opened up and watched before our eyes. Some of us might have fallen asleep. Not me, however. I, I stayed up, and I enjoyed every single second of this this film here. And this is one that I definitely want to go buy on 4K and rewatch. And I'll tell you exactly why I really enjoyed it. There, it does have its flaws, however. But I thought some of the uh, characters here, we had... we. We made an appearance of Hannah John Kamen, who also plays Jill Valentine, and she, her character really plays prominent in the first and third games. So really seeing her, and she you may have heard her, seen her before. She played in Ready Player One and Ant-Man on the Wasp. So seeing her again was really cool. I thought she did a pretty decent job as Jill. Then we also see, where, where is this, uh, Tom Hooper, who plays Albert Wesker, who's kind of the notorious to be one of the main uh, villains of the franchise. I thought he was fine as Wesker, not as intimidating as I thought, the character should be portrayed as, but I thought he was done pretty well. Kaya Scadario, I mispronounced her name, I apologize, but she plays Claire Redfield. I thought she did the probably the best performance in the entire film. I really liked Claire Redfield. She plays the brother of Chris Redfield in the uh, in the video game franchise, and Claire is prominent in like the second game a lot, so you get to play uh, play as her character in the game. But seeing her brought to life here, I thought she was probably embodied the character the most out of any of the performances here. Really wanted to see her a little bit more fleshed out. I think that's one thing, a theme that we will see in this 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 review here is that none of the characters were as fleshed out as they could have been because there's so much development. But I think they're really kind of smashed in three games into one. And one other character I really wanted to mention is. Uh, Leon S. Kennedy, played by Avon Jogia, and he uh, he's been in other movies before, like Zombieland, Double Tap. He played in Shaft. Uh, kind of a not a real really well known actor. There was some controversy with his character because uh, he's not white in like like he is in the video games, uh, and he does have blonde hair. But it doesn't matter. It's just a character, and I thought he did a really great job portraying this character here. Uh, he was a little. Um, scared in the franchise where in the, the video games he's a little more go-getter and he's uh, not as not, not whiny is not the correct word but anyway i thought he portrayed the character pretty fine there were some really cool moments if you're a friend of the franchise that's where you're really going to be excited because this is probably some of my favorite art direction of the entire year there are so many easter eggs and hidden meetings and sets that look exactly like they're pulled out of from a video game and that's really great up to the prop prop master there at bringing those um awesome sets and to the visual visual medium i thought that was some of the craziest stuff that i've seen all year just i was felt like i was in that world again reliving those moments i'm like i need to go here i need to watch out for this guy over here that's what i was kind of going through my head so that was a uh, really cool to see my wife can attest to this that when i was in there i was like oh so i was pointing to the screen like leonardo DiCaprio and once upon a time in hollywood i was like oh you see that that's so awesome my wife's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just stop. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> I, I won't say this movie is perfect by any means. I think there is some writing stuff there with some of the characters not being fleshed out. There's some dialogue choices here that are uh, lacking. Uh, I think it's not the, the strongest script. And um, there was some stuff that maybe felt rushed a little bit. Like I said, they did try to squeeze in video games one through three into one big section. and it, it, it But it plays off fine. There's, it plays off 
every little little beat there. There's, there's some really cool moments that if you're a fan of the video game, you can definitely think. So I'm, I'm this is mostly a fanboy review, and I get it. Sometimes there's movies that you get you watch and you can admit that it's not perfect, but you still really enjoyed it, and that's exactly what Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City was for me. And again, I'm I'm giving this three stars. I I, I get it not being perfect, but I don't really care. I I, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, what does Rotten Tomatoes give? The, the consensus with a hundred, I mean, seventy five reviewers from actual critics on there, they give this a twenty nine percent. But the audience is like sixty six percent with like twenty five hundred reviews. So I'm probably a little higher than everybody on this list here. But it's fun. It's not going to make my top 10 of all of the year or anything like that. But it's a very solid watch that I definitely would like to add this to the collection. I don't have any other Resident Evil movies in my collection. But I will have this one at one point. So anyway. Alright, our final kind of big new release that came out this week. That I will be talking about in this podcast episode. Is The Matrix Resurrection. Directed by Lana Wachowski. And that starts Keanu Reeves. Carrie Ann Moss. Yaya Abdul. Duel Mateen the second and Jonathan Groff. Thomas, you seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had dreams that weren't just dreams. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here. Hi. Have we met? If you want the truth, Neo, you're going to have to follow me. The only thing that matters to you is still here. I know it's why you're still fighting and why you will never give up. You don't know me. No? After all these years, to be going back to where it all started. Back to the Matrix. The Matrix Resurrections puts it back into the world of the Matrix several years later. This is a huge hit in the 1999. I was a huge fan of the first Matrix film. Actually, one of my dad's favorite movies of all times, funny enough. We used to watch this a lot. And then I remember going to... The uh, movie theaters to see Loaded and Revelations. I believe that's what the movies are called. I don't. I haven't. I don't really watch the uh, second movie. Okay, it is Reloaded and Revol uh, Revolutions. Sorry, not Revelations. Revolutions. But I, I don't really watch the sequels too much. I haven't really watched the first one for that often. But thinking, looking back, it's. It, I wanted. I was telling my wife, this is one of the best action movies of all time. Like, how was it rank on my top 100? It didn't make my top 100, but it's definitely one of those movies that I, I'm very fond of, the first one. Uh, Keanu Reeves is fantastic in the, in the whole franchise. But I was kind of not really excited for the Matrix Resur uh, Resurrections here for a couple reasons, is that it's so long after 
the other films and there's also those two other the sequels kind of put a bad taste in my mouth they're not like the worst things of all time but they're not my favorite uh and you know i was like how are they gonna do this um will it work it wasn't really sold by the trailers however we did go see dang, i can't uh, spider-man no way home saw a trailer for the matrix uh, resurrections there and I was like, okay, I'm on board. I leaned over to my wife, Arlette, and I was like, yeah, I'm kind of on board here with this film now. I'm kind of excited. We didn't go to the theater to watch it. We did watch it on HBO Max. Um, and I think that's it's nice because, you know, it started to snow when we decided to watch. So I was like, we, who knows, the theaters wouldn't be open by the time we uh, get out of the theater or close in the middle of it. And so I was able to watch it. And there were some things I kind of really enjoyed about this. Also, some things I didn't really care about too much. And if you didn't really know and you want to know some of the plot, it's a return to the source. Uh, plagued by strange memories, Neo's life takes an unexpected turn when he finds himself back inside the Matrix. Very vague here, uh, plot here. I think this is a movie that if you're a fan of it, you kind of want to rewatch or rewatch the original and to go back into this one. Uh, one thing that I will say here is I, I enjoy Keanu Reeves, even with his John Wick hair. Clearly see it's, it's just John Wick in a Matrix movie. So it's a little different. He does have he does get his hair cut, but when he's in like the Matrix itself, it's clearly the John Wick hair. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss plays uh, Tiffany slash Trinity here, um, and the whole relationship between uh, Mr. Anderson, Neo, and uh, Trinity, I think those those moments are really pure, really uh, nice, and it comes across kind of a romantic comedy not a comedy but a romantic like love story if you will and so those movies are really cool i like seeing carrie ann moss in this role here i do miss seeing her um in movies so don't get us i haven't seen a whole lot of stuff that she's been in but it's cool to see her back in this role here and keanu reeves is always one of my favorites too i'm a big fan of the john wick franchise as well as other things that he's done to have not seen Knock Knock there, Todd, but I definitely need to check that one out. Yahya Abdul-Mateen comes back. He was also in the trial of Chicago 7, but he also played in Candyman this year as well, which I actually gave a relatively positive review to. I think I was like two and a half on it. Uh, I still enjoyed his performance in Candyman. There's some things I didn't quite care for, but as a fan of the, the original film, I thought it played really well. Yahya here uh, plays Morpheus, He's also an agent, but he gives a pretty dang good performance. I thought he really was a uh, he plays the Agent Smith plus Morpheus. There's kind of a weird uh, tra uh, thing here with him, but he was actually pretty cool. He was pretty electric in this uh, this film, and a lot of this action and Corey. He's not like a Lawrence Fishburne, but he is, you know, he is pretty dang um, awesome in this thing. I, I will admit that I I am a big fan of him. I'm really excited to see what he does going forward. I kind of want to see him going back into the DCU because he played Black Manta. In that in the Aquaman movie, he also played in Us, Trial of Chicago Seven. Like I said, Greatest Showman. He appeared in Watchmen, the TV, the HBO show. Um, but we also see some other characters make appearances. Appearances they put, bring back Neil Patrick Harris and Priyanka uh, Chopra as appears in which I was kind of surprised that she appeared. There's one more a returning character that I won't spoil in this review because I think that's I was actually kind of shocked. Christina Ritchie shows up for like five seconds. She's like, oh, hi, hey, nice to meet you. I'm still here. See you later type thing. Neil Patrick Harris also appeared. I think I don't, I don't know if I mentioned him yet. Uh, and then Jessica Henwick as Bugs. I thought she was really cool. Jessica Henwick actually is one character that I we, we actually should talk about here because she is a character called Bugs, and she's the one that kind of gets the story, story going. She's 
was really cool. She has a really cool look in this. She feels like a Matrix character, which is probably the best thing you can say about it. Uh, she also appeared in like Star Wars: The Force Awakens and Love and Monsters here, and On the Rocks, which is actually a really good movie. The uh, the things I really liked about this was some of the visual effects. I think those are always top notch. Uh, Lana Wachowski's direction coming back into this world after so many years later. Uh, weird not to have her. Um, her sibling here, but as a co-director, but you know, she, I think she does a pretty good job solo on here. Uh, there is some cool action, nothing that feels groundbreaking like the original. They will shove down bullet time down your face quite a bit in this. They will say the countless number of times, but journeying back into this, it feels nostalgic, but kind of also maybe beats the, you over the head with that nostalgia, where I'm not... Uh, completely like yeah there's times where you can feel the nostalgia but when you're just making a film just based off nostalgia i don't know maybe that's gonna people are better destroy me for that oh you like spider-man but all that nostalgia there but i'm not you know like i said i'm not a huge fan of the entire franchise like i was a spider-man but anyway i digress so i thought some of the visuals here were cool some of the concepts were interesting and i can definitely see where i can be excited for future installments if they do them right um, but my negative here, I, I found part of it kind of just kind of boring and just kind of uninteresting. I just feel like it was a little bit confusing a little bit. Maybe that's just me being needing to redo a rewatch on it. Maybe not being entirely in the right headspace for it. Overall, though, I think it's a unique experience that is uh, worth watching. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on like two and a half stars here. I, I can see myself either liking it more or disliking it even or even more regardless of depending on multiple showings but anyway i'm at two and a half stars on matrix resurrection this is another one that's streaming free on hbo max for for the month so definitely get watch this before january 21st i believe and then it goes off hbo max for a while it will come back on in future dates but anyway H matrix resurrection two and a half stars here for this film all right my final little quick review here this is gonna be a really quick one i don't want to spend a ton of time on this one but this one is the Invasions of Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956, directed by Don Seigel, and it stars um, Kevin McCarthy, Donna Winter, King Donovan, and Carol Jones, among others. Uh, this was actually a film that when I way back when I was doing these on a weekly thing, I wanted to mention as my blind spot review uh, segment, and I can definitely say I'm glad I finally watched this film. This I think this currently sits at my number two spot in my top uh, films of 1956. Uh, this is a four-star film for me. I really enjoyed this this intriguing investigation of what's happening to this town by this doctor and a couple other uh, townspeople as well. Kevin McCarthy really does a great job as Dr. Miles uh, Benell here I thought he was pretty cool I, I enjoyed his character and what he was able to do as his town doctor and trying to unravel the mystery of what's happening to this small town here in the, the overall bigger picture of things if you haven't ever watched this film Nation of the Body Snatchers is based off the letterbox a little description here there was nothing to hold on to except each other. A small town doctor learns that the population of his community is being replaced by the emotionless alien duplicates. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of John Carpenter's The Thing, and it, that plays a lot of. There's kind of some elements of this invasion of the body snatchers. I'm also a fan of the Robert Rodriguez The Faculty, which is from the mid 90s there too, which is a big homage to this film too. Uh, this one is the original body snatching film here, and uh, I gotta say, 
I was on board of this film. I think it really hooked me in the first 10 minutes. And I just kept watching and just really liking it even, even more. An easy four-star film for me. If you haven't watched this one, definitely take a look at watch it. I think this also is another one that is streaming free on Amazon Prime. So definitely give a watch. If you haven't seen Invasion of the Body Centers free on Amazon Prime. I don't know how long it's going to be free, but it... it when I was watching this weekend, it was definitely there. And it's sitting at 80 minutes. It, you can't, you know, 80 minutes is only not, it's only an hour and 20 minutes, guys. So definitely it's a really easy, accessible watch here that I'm super on board or on board with. And I was like, dude, is this a top 100 movie? I'm not sure if I'm not quite there. But it's definitely a very satisfying, enjoyable watch. Like, looking forward to watching more years to come. Um, anyway. Well, that's my quick, four little quick reviews. I wanted to give you guys a little segment of something because I know that the main podcast show, we're, we're not recording this week. We're taking a week off, but I wanted to do something. I watched a couple movies and I wanted to talk about them, especially some new releases that I think you guys may be interested in. I was relatively positive on all the films I talked about. I gave, you know, being the Ricardos and Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, Resident Evil, Raccoon, Welcome to Raccoon City, three stars. Invasion of the Body Snatchers 4, and The Matrix Res Resurrection, which I'm not a huge fan of, which is two and a half, but still relatively positive on it. So I think that you guys should watch. Anyway, let me know what you guys think. And until next time, you guys keep watching movies, and we'll see you on the flip side.